Welcome to Fake Friends Podcast, Episode 5, Fake Ass Jobs. This episode, we're sharing how we're growing out of the jobs we hate and into careers we love. We aren't quite there yet, so we think a good place to start is to look at where we've been to better understand where we're going. I'm Kiara Rose. And I'm Solatine. Later in the episode, during Solo in the City, we'll get a better understanding of our personality types and how our personalities can help guide our career paths. But first, let's kick it off with our weekly Skin Deep question. This week's question is, what are your biggest hopes when it comes to finances? Ooh. I want to have all the money. <laughs> all the all the money. Hella money. Buku money. Buku. Buku coins. No, for real, I think my biggest goal, though, would be having just multiple streams of income and being happy whatever I'm doing. Like, even if that isn't buku, all the money, like, I just, I want to have it coming from all different places. Yeah, I think for me, it's to have a, um, just a a healthier and legacy-minded relationship with money. So Mm. I think that, of course, yields to the seven and, you know, multiple seven is what I learned from you (laughs) back way back when. (laughs) But I think that that's, that's a big, big thing for me is like just changing the actual relationship I have with money because it's Mm -hmm. not something that I'm like, I ever was like, Oh, I want to save all this money because it just didn't make sense. But um, legacy, even outside, if I don't have children, I think it's still something that's very important to me at this phase of my life. I agree. That is definitely the goal. And I think when you have it coming from all the different places, it makes it a lot easier to build because then you understand how to build wealth in different ways and you understand how to build wealth in a way that you don't have to be present. Right. Right. And I think just starting starting to have that relationship, I think that's where it starts most of the time is like, even if you are able to save money, if you don't have a healthy relationship with it, that doesn't mean that it's actually going to be invested well or that you'll be able to grow or maintain it. At all, like at all. And I have learned that because I've had a lot of jobs along the way and sometimes they had nothing to show for it once, <laughs> once I was done no, waiting I, on that last I'm check not, and just be I'm like, well. Leave. And y'all was oh. late on my last check. We ain't going to talk about it. I ain't going to get triggered, but. Mm-hmm. Girl, girl. So that that does make me curious though. Like I kind of want to do, because I don't think we've talked about all of our jobs. Like obviously we've seen a lot of jobs that we've had because it's been 10 years. Right, right. But I'm kind of curious, like, let's go back real quick. Okay, the, I'm, da- I'm down. I'm down. Okay, all right. So what was your very first job and how old were you? I was babysitting and I believe I was like 10 or 11. That was legit my first job. I was 12. Yeah. You see a little $20 and I used to stay the Tw- night oh, at yes, that. Oh, $20 too. Yeah, a whole $20. Too. Was but would stay the whole, like, would wake up, stay the whole night. She'd make no, they, breakfast for us in the morning. <laughs> no, I would stay. Like, I would just be there kicking it, like. Did with you, a whole did, baby. Was it for somebody like you knew or like? So the girl who used to babysit me when I was a baby, mm-hmm. she had a son. Oh, that's dope. Come and on. so, and she used to watch me. I think she was like, thir- maybe she was a little older, like 13, 14 when she used to watch me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when she had a kid, then I went to go babysit her kid. But like, he was a ba- like, When I tell you I had a whole newborn and she would be yeah. out. Like, bye. In the streets, okay? <laughs> you know what to do, okay? Call me if you don't, okay? Yo, but we didn't even have cell phones. Like, who I'm going to call? She you didn't have a cell to... phone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Girl, just be calling my mama at the house. Mom, this baby won't stop crying. What's supposed to do? What I'm supposed to do? <laughs> Child. So then, what was, like, your first, like, real job? Your The job you paid taxes on? Oh, the first job I paid taxes on, I worked in Macy's in the Mall of America. I worked in the juniors department. 
Hey, shout yeah. out to the Mall of America. I think that was so many of our first jobs. I was at Club yeah. Libby Lou. Do you did you ever pass by Club Libby Lou? It was kind of on the I, other side. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be nothing to do with Libby Lou. <laughs> I, that was never. You didn't want the I little was, glitter. Never something I was interested in. <laughs> I, like yes, I did know where it was and knew how to direct people to that you know to that Man, location. We used to be in there with the glitter joint, singing Hannah Montana in the hallways. That thing was. That thing was crazy. Yeah, I was over here trying to get people over here working with loss prevention. Like, they coming down here to steal the stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing to nobody. So you you might want to get down here. You might want to come get the folks. That <laughs> is hilarious. So, like, what happened after that? Kind of where'd you go? Mm, so after that, I think I worked at New York and Company. Oh, I remember that job. Um, And I worked, I feel like in the mall, I had worked at Macy's, New York and Company, and Best Buy. You did and I like the Best Buy. Best Buy. I never did like. I never worked sales. I just did stocking there. I think that was that was. But that's, I feel like that's why I liked up. But that's why I liked that job because I would be in there when nobody else was, and we would just be setting ads and doing stuff like that, and then I'd be out. I remember that, but for some reason, I feel like I remember getting CDs with you. Like, did we still listen to CDs at that point? I don't know if we did. I, I feel like I, feel like I, I feel remember like I, you I, hooking I like us up in some way. Oh yeah, definitely headphones. I feel like I always had hella headphones. That might have been what it was. I, that yeah, might have been it. We, we, I think it was cost plus five percent or something crazy. Mm. Y'all want some headphones? Hey, look, I got you. <laughs> I, I think that. also, so that was all. So I think I started working. That was all at like, sixteen. And my mom always had me. My mom was very active in the community, so there was always some odd job that I could do that somebody throw mm. a little cash at me, or I would just have to do it for free. Um, That's real. But I think also we both had this. We both had paid internships. Yes, that was what I was going to say. Um, what was yours? I forget. I, I remember. No, you were at 3M. Yeah, yes. I worked at 3M. So I worked in like the optical film division and then I worked in the aerospace division. So that was junior, oh, senior okay. year. So yeah, I was I in, you. listen, throughout the year <laughs> and the summer, girls get paid. Yes. Had and a I mentor was, and everything. Right. Uh, yes. I, I do remember that. I was over at Lando Lakes working in their IT department. Mm. And when I tell you it was some nerds in that thing. Yeah, that's what but I But that job taught me a lot though. Yeah, I worked with like exclusively white men. Like Same. on both teams. That was Same. that was that was it. Yeah, older and, white men and mm-hmm. one lesbian, like lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Y'all know what that means. I, I think I understood the picture of what you were trying to say. <laughs> don't know if I agree with the, the sentiment, but I, I understood that that was the point. I love y'all. I'm just I'm just <laughs> Just saying. But I think for me, um, it was a really dope experience. I think I had one of my first black mentors in my oh. life period that was like in a professional sense. It was I was paired with a black man who was an engineer. Cause at that time, like nobody could tell me I wasn't gonna be an engineer. Like that's right. what I wanted to do. And yeah. I still feel like that's that's what I do socially, but in we'll get that. Way. We'll get to that in another space. Mm-hmm. Um but I remember, I one of the things that I remember is that he we would go on like these lunch outings, and like he taught me so much about like you better make sure this man come open your door. And his mm. wife worked at the company too. I remember that. So it was a black man made it to a black woman, and they were both engineers making that good three of money. Hey. And I, sometimes like I would go out to lunch with both of them, or like he would just give me like it, I don't. It was just a really that was probably one of my. We'll get to favorites later, but that I'm gonna put a pin in that. He top five. Yeah, yeah. I Are there even five? I, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I think I have five jobs. I don't think. No, I mean top oh, five. Oh, definitely not a top five. I was like, I think I've had five jobs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I said top five, and I was like, I don't think I have a top five favorite yeah, people. No, no. I have favorite aspects of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
So what, so so what did you do? So that brings us to high school. So like end of high school. Yeah. So that was end of high school. I think I was that was my senior year that I did my internship. Yeah, I did my junior and senior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just did senior year, and then that was that brings us up to college. So I was off to Atlanta to CAU. I technically didn't work in college. I had. I did a lot of party promotion. You was hustling. Yeah, so we was hustling the parties, but I did right. used to get paid like for bringing people to the parties. So okay. like that was you got my paid. Little, okay. Hey, uh, probably not much. And I it, don't even know. And it I, sounded like it was legal, so we can celebrate pay. We can hey. we won't do that publicly, but you you will celebrate coin now. Okay. Yeah, it was some coin. It was some coin. So that's all I did in college. What'd you do? Oh, what did I do in college? I think I worked at Victoria's Secret for some point. In college, but wow, I like see the thing is I like aspects of certain jobs, Mm. but what I did the most most of the time I was I worked in the office of multicultural education, so I did that. I worked in like we had like a a call center too, so we did. I worked there. Um, I feel like there's something else I did, but most of my work, most of my my work study and all that, all the other stuff, I love workshops and stuff. It was all through the office of multicultural education at my school. So, yes, that's what. And I, I was in West Michigan, and Holland ass, and Holland ass, Michigan. That's where Damn. I went to school. Hope College. We got some story. Well, oh, I was triggered we earlier this week. Story. I'm not even going. We're not even going. <laughs> let's get past it. Okay, okay, okay. Place. Past it. So you stayed in college after my first year. I actually decided not to return, and so summer after college. This is before I knew I wasn't going back. I got a job at the gas station mm. and it was a gas station that kind of had like foot SA, traffic. It? Yeah, it was SA, but it was on Grand. Yeah, so it was that. like the hipster kind of like area that's in St. Paul, but it's hipster on one side and the hood on the other. So <laughs> that gas station was lit. When I tell you that, that job low key was a lot of fun. Like I met so many people in that place. And then I like was so proud of myself. Like I knew people's little cigarette orders. Like, oh, okay, what's this? <laughs> So-and-so's up in here. Let me get his little order. Set it to the side. Set it to the side. See, boo. Man. <laughs> All my friends used to come roll through. Grab snacks. I ain't going. Right. Yeah. Look. Listen. <laughs> What's the... What, we going to skip past it. Is there, is there a, st- a, a statue, statue of limitations? limitations? I think we're we outside of seven now. I, think I don't good. know. But yeah, we had a... That job was fun. Um, and you were still at school. So then that's like 19. I was there until 20. Um, at 20, I actually ended up moving to St. Louis. I remember that. Yeah. What did you do? Oh, you worked at, okay. Hotel. I, worked, I was like, what did I worked, you do? So I lived right downtown. I had a cute little apartment, view it of the arch. super cute. And across the street was, ended up being my job. Now y'all, I didn't have this job lined up ahead of time. I was just like, I'm just going to move. I'm going to get a job, right? Uh, <laughs> don't, I'm not going to get into why St. Louis. I don't know. We both I can't. Are those people, but. Girl. <laughs> So ended up getting a job across the street from my house, and it was the Tilton Hotel. And I think that was the first time for me that I saw money in a different way. Mm, because the universe aligns, okay? That's where you wound up there. I guess so. But also, like, the people that stayed there, I remember it was these contractor guys. And they stayed with us Monday through Thursday. They were all married, lived somewhere else. They in Virginia or something. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, military contracts. So, mm-hmm. buku money. Buku on buku. <laughs> buku on buku. And I remember one of them, me and him got real cool, like... Not no like weird weird stuff, but like he would take he, a little flirtation. Yeah, a little he would flirtation. take me to dinner. Like I remember he would take me he to like sure nice ass dinners. He made sure I ate, but like he would yep, never try yeah. no funny business. Yeah, and he had a Porsche, mm. and I remember this man taught me how to drive a Porsche, a stick, 
a stick shift. You was out here doing manual big things, okay? In his big Porsche. Thing. I'm like 19, 20 years old thinking I'm so cool. Girl, I stalled that thing on the freaking highway. No, you didn't. Stalled. I don't think I ever heard about that. Mm-mm. Stalled. Like, thought I was going to die. And this car was tiny. It was a little convertible one. Like, it already, Mm-mm. like... It, Mm. But yeah, that was that was a fun job. I met a lot of people. Oh, I met Future at that job. That was at that job. That was at that job on the very first day. Girl, I don't know why I thought that was when you was in back in Minneapolis. <laughs> no, that was on the very that first day so out of training. I, that I just had to shift the whole year. <laughs> because I, like, oh, that's when that was. Yes, because I remember calling I remember you and that. being like, "Yo, Google," and we could not Google couldn't, him. Couldn't find could a work. Not find like, this Who is name this? Who is at this? Oh, girl. That's too, too funny. funny. Yeah. And so I, that only lasts like a year. Then I moved my butt to Boston. But so I feel like all of this there. is you're you still in school. Like, you was only there. Girl, I was there seven months. I broke a whole lease. I don't even I feel like <laughs> you were there so much longer. I know because you came to visit me and everything. Yeah. I must have came like right when you got there. I don't know. Or right I before you left. It must it was Not somewhere there. in the middle. Two, two of y'all came to because um another one of our friends from high school came to visit me, yeah. actually. Yeah. Did that you have any other jobs in like that time frame of like 2021? Yeah, I, was just, I was just over here dealing with racism, helping Girl. You know, black and Latinx and Asian students and whomever try to have some advocacy in a very predominantly white mm. Oof, again, flashbacks. We're not going to go there. Okay, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. But um, no, I don't think I... I'm trying to think of like... I think I braided people's hair when I was in college too. That's so right. I, I think I did a little bit of, a little bit of that. But yeah, I was but really, was- really active in the Office of Multicultural Education. Mm, that's good. That I remember that. I actually remember you having that job. Um, trying to think. So now I'm going to like 21-ish. Mm-hmm. I live in Boston. Was trying to do the whole model thing, and <laughs> all right. So I moved to Boston and ended up getting a job at the Sony store in this bougie mall. If y'all are familiar with Boston, I worked in the Prudential Mall. I think the well, I actually, I, I know the Sony's not there anymore. I remember this. Yeah, and so Sony, that was another level of like, all right. Let me get my life together because really I need to be shopping in this mall and not working in this mall. Like mm. we used to see the you know the Celtics basketball coach, all the Celtics players, the uh, Patriots, like they all would come through, and it's just like, did you get laid off of that job? No. So the funny thing about that job is I ended up working at a hotel, so I wasn't making enough money there, and I was I ended up taking a hotel job, and I tried to quit. But my boss was like, no, you can't quit because the store is about to close. Don't tell nobody, but the store is about to close. So you should just stay so you can get the little check at the end. That's what I was like, I remember it was something. like It was something. Yeah. And so then I was like, all right, well, you got to work around this other schedule. She's like, it's cool. Like, I, I love that. That was probably one person that I actually really loved and stayed in no, contact with her. That's what's And like, so I kept working that job. I was working both those jobs. Right. So, but then I went to the hotel. That hotel was massive. It had like a thousand rooms. It looked like the hotel wow. off of. You remember that movie with the the boy and the monkey in the hotel? I think it's like Dunstan checks in or something like that. No, no, it's this movie this from our childhood. If y'all know what I'm talking about, y'all let us know what she talking about because I'm the kid lived in the hotel. This hotel is huge. That's how this hotel looks. (laughs) I hated that job. When I say I hated every second of that job, I hated Mm -hmm. that job. You want to talk about racist people and just like BS you had to deal with? 
I could only imagine. Girl, just imagine the way like people would just talk that, and I would just be like, I'm not. I remember I got snowed in that job one time. I could not leave. I didn't leave that job place for 36 hours. Snowed in. It was a, a order <laughs> that like you couldn't we drive. Dang. Yeah. So like, and people are coming down like, oh, can we get a discount? Can we get this? Can we get that? I'm like, bro, I haven't gone home. I'm not trying to get like, right now. Actually, I'm trying to get the hell home. But also, like, I don't, I can't do anything for like it snowed. That's not my fault. Well, it's like you wasn't gonna be able to do this no matter where you were. So, but right. thanks for trying because that would have been me too. So actually, can we get some actually, love? Like, I don't know, but yeah, that was that was a mess. So that was like so. I think I had just turned 21, 22 at that time. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, then we were caught up. I did a couple of internships in between then. Um, I worked for, like, an LGBTQIA organization. We were trying to rally and campaign for people to have equal rights in housing and employment, which, I mean, hey. it's crazy. That was back in 2013. I think that was 2012 I had that internship. That and crazy. then the summer of 2013, I had went to Watts for a program um and so i was shadowing like the uh, assistant principal of a charter school primarily my uh, black and latinx charter school in watts california so oh i remember that because you were yeah. gonna move to cali that was yeah, like that's when i like I set my cali dreams like man i was I ready to live here this gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna have one of these big old houses i had seen this like we the way that we would kind of go to the beach it was this house that had this rotating like it was like to get into their garage because it was such a narrow street, you'd have to like drive in and then back out. But they, they had this rotating plate that would spin them around to drive. Uh, back. And that was like, uh, that's when I knew I was, moving to, I was moving to the West Coast of California, Manhattan Ooh. Beach. Like the crazy part about that is like we lived in Manhattan Beach. We stayed in Manhattan Beach, but then we worked in Watts. So every day was this like crazy drastic like drastic change the... in comparison and so that just I think that also just fueled a lot of like but no nah, ain't none of this right because I think it was yeah. like at the time the the average household was like $300,000 in Manhattan Beach uh or household income was $300,000 in Manhattan Beach and in Watts it was like 16000 so like oh. every day we're shuffling between these two spaces and that I think that's one definitely I don't know if I would say it's a favorite because it was there was so much to unpack, but it's probably one of the most valuable working positions I've ever had. Yeah. No, I remember that. I think I could be making this up in my head, but you know, one of the episodes of Insecure when Issa takes the kids to the beach and they had never been mm-hmm. to the beach. Yeah. Y'all take, did y'all do that? Y'all we didn't the kids go, to the we didn't take them to the beach, but we had conversations with them and like they hadn't gone to the beach. Yeah, or they beach. hadn't like been to any type of black historical thing and that's where to me it was a it was an issue because I'm like you guys are in this space where like your teachers are black like and you're, we're still not enriching the students with these experiences right. and I remember there was a there was a girl there um oh it was this boy I would never forget he was telling me like his cousin lived in Baltimore actually hey. and he was telling me like yeah you know my cousin I just I got back from out of town I was like oh like what, what happened he was like yeah I went to go um, be a pallbearer for my my cousin who was 15 and was killed and wow. but the, the the part that had me so tripped out was that like he was so honored to go because his cousin had asked him like a few years back like if I ever if I ever you know if anything ever goes down I'm like y'all are 
the boy I'm talking to was 13. His mama was 26 and his grandma, literally everybody had a child at 13. 13. I would never forget that boy. And just thinking about like, wow. 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 There was just, I think that was probably, yeah, that was definitely an eye opening. Mm -hmm. Beyond eye opening, it was just, it was, it made me so much more responsible. Mm -hmm. So Mm. those have been like, those were kind of my working positions up until then. And then- I moved back to Minneapolis for about like six, nine months, maybe like nine months. And I started working at Hennepin County. Oh, so yeah. I was, uh, that's when um, Obamacare rolled out. So it was Minsure was the exchange that Minnesota had. So people would go onto this site and be able to apply for different types of insurance if it wasn't provided through their employer or if they wanted to supplement, like they just didn't want their employee insurance. And so we worked, it was like a pilot program Nobody pretty much knew what to tell us. Like we did all types. Of, I worked in covered for every type of social service, EBT. Like we had to just mm. make work on a lot of those scenarios. Um, but they had this room essentially where people could come in and use the computers because of human service. They, you, if it's a online tool, you have to provide the online resources. So we would help somewhat guide people through the application process, though for hippies, like can't do so too much. So yeah, that was another. Remember that, that job. That was another type of position that was. Yeah, that was your first big girl job, though. Yeah, that right? was like they wouldn't pay me no money when I think about that. Like, y'all, but I, I guess we wasn't really doing a whole lot either. So, it, you know, bad. no, they probably should have been paying y'all more. Yeah, oh, definitely should have been paying more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after Boston, I think I don't think our time overlapped, but after I was there for two years. I yeah, we didn't we didn't home. live in Minnesota at the same. We've, yeah, we yeah, haven't lived in the same place. Since we moved. No, we haven't. Okay, so yeah, we definitely overlapped. So around <laughs> that same time after that, I ended up moving back to the Twin Cities and worked at another hotel as the night auditor. That was downtown Minneapolis. No, I feel like oh, you we were did. There. We did overlap. We like, did. Because it was only like a couple of months. Same time frame of that story. Of when yeah, we that's when the story happened when we fell That's out. where old girl worked with you. Yeah, because that. Yep, she worked there. If y'all listen to our fake friends episode. <laughs> Yeah, because I worked there from like, I stopped working there in March because we got to Vegas on April 1st, of okay. 2014. Yeah, and I think I moved not far behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I worked at the hotel. That hotel was fun because it was like a boutique hotel. Yeah, I like that hotel. I know we had some, because I used to stay all the time. They would let us stay all the time. So yeah, I'd be like, yo, I get a room. So gonna stay. I got my favorite <laughs> room. Cute. Like, I stayed in there like years later when my work paid for me to fly to Minnesota. Yes, I, I stayed in that hotel because I was like, girl, we staying there. right here. I told my okay. coworker, like, we're staying here. Okay. That's the one. That's yeah, the no, one. I was friends with all the guys who drove like outside, like had the nice like black cars. Mm-hmm. So like they would ride us around. Like mm-hmm. that, that job was fun. Was, and I liked all that of one. the it had perks. It did. And all the um traveling basketball baseball and hockey teams will stay with oh, us yeah so when i tell you i seen some mess mm-hmm. on them i overnight. remember your stories for them days like, girl what? i gotta share one real quick one is funny so i remember um one of the basketball players had one of his little side pieces mm-hmm. in the hotel and she was at the bar making noise because he didn't want to pay her valet and the reason he didn't want to pay her valet is because he was like i already paid you oh and so I remember the bartender coming over to me and was like, yo, can we just like comp this girl's valet? Like she's causing a scene. She's disturbing, you yeah, know, the players. To go. And so I was like, yeah, like I'll comp it. That's fine. Like what's the, what's the ticket number? Like let's yeah. get her car pulled up. This girl would not leave. So finally 
I end up literally having to that escort her, her out day. myself. Like, girl, if you do not get your butt <laughs> out of here, like, this is not the time nor the place. <laughs> you had your little rendezvous. And also, you ain't this man no is married. Like, you know he married Mary. Like, his wife was is well known. Right. You need to, like, just let's, let's not do this. Mm-hmm. Let's not do this. I remember kicking right, her man. out. And it was some other stuff. It was just, it would be a lot happening in that place. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot. The days of our lives, okay? Goodness. That's crazy. So wait, where did you move after? After Minnesota? Yeah. Was that Girl, the, that was that was North Dakota? Oh yeah. That was yeah, chasing after some little stupid ass boy. Look, I had to mm. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. That's what we you know, it's gonna be all right or okay. <laughs> We want it to be. <laughs> we figure it out eventually. We it I remember out. when you told me that. I was like, "All right, girl. Why? What the hell is in North Dakota? Nothing. I've been to both them, North and South. Ain't nothing over there but a not, person. And even then, I want to know why they live in there. That wasn't it. What did What did you do while you worked there? Or where you lived there? Uh, so cars. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. So that's yes, when I worked yes. at the, the first dealership. I ended up working at a few dealerships after this, but that was when I worked at the first dealership and sold cars. And I think I only stayed there. I know I didn't do a whole winter there. Mm. So I want to say I moved there in like March or April and was out by November. Yeah, I feel like it was something like that. That makes sense. Cause what? Yeah. So then during that time, I were I moved to Las Vegas. I moved to Las Vegas without a job, so I was looking for a job, which was like. Mm-hmm. So then I worked at like Allegiant Air for a little bit. I was a oh. ticket agent. Girl, I, mean, I don't even stay long enough to get your flight benefits. I didn't, cause I was like, <laughs> ma, I, I was ready. Because I have a I have an issue with working for companies that do not function well. Like I I do I just I'm not an easily stressed person, but that's not it for me. Like, yeah. but there are absolutely ways, but I, you are not paying me to implement those ways, so I'm gonna just go. So I did yeah. that for a little hot second. And then I also started working for, I was doing, listen, I was just trying to make some money because okay. I was like, I'm getting closer to California dream. And that's when I was really said like, well, if I can make this leap to Las Vegas, I'll just slide through and the alley. Slide through. So I did, I did that. And then I worked at Longcomb at a beauty counter and in um, Macy's. Mm. First of all, I don't know nothing about no makeup. <laughs> That was was probably the most random job I've ever had, but they used to be amping me. So I was like, I remember they girls, lady would come in one. No, I can do skincare. Okay, we can teach you how to like do some other stuff. But I was pretty decent at that job too. But I was also like, I'm not gonna bleed. I'm not gonna be here long. But I really, really loved my uh, manager there. Her name was Glenda. Mm, Cause she was just like, she had so much energy and she just would like amp me in a way that's like, okay, okay, okay. You know what's um, crazy? One of my favorite managers name was Glenda. It was a black lady named Glenda. She yeah, was she, this lady, she was black and Filipino. Mm. I actually found, we'll we'll get back to that in a second okay. because it's actually, it's a, a terrible story, but it's interesting how everything kind of came back to full circle how it did. So after that, I was working those two jobs and then I applied to work at the company I work for now. Um, mm. and I started, it was a phone job. So like I was on the phones, moving people's money and that was big. And like, un- one of the moments where I realized, like, 
didn't even know people had this much money because the people Girl. around me, like, you know, when you think of people being rich, but you don't see their accounts and mm-hmm. you don't know what a trust account is. You don't know exactly what your IRA 401k does. You don't know what mm-hmm. a 529 account is. You don't know what none of this stuff is. And then you just see it and you're like, so y'all been had this? Like, I, I don't even think my mom, I was oh, having a conversation God. with my mom and she was like, I don't like, no, th- doesn't know that these things exist. Um, so I, that company, I like now I've been there for five years, like going on six years with one year not working there. But yeah. Yeah, I remember that. When was that? I think that was the same time frame that I ended up moving to Charlotte. Yeah, I think that's so, when I, yeah. I think that's around the same time. I moved to Charlotte, if I remember correctly. And I ended up buying a car when I worked at that dealership. So again, I moved without a job, but I was like, but they got Uber now. Mm-hmm. And you I don't make them dollars work. I had a car that was the same year as the year we were in. So I was <laughs> like, out. I know I could, I know I could do that. And you know what? That was probably the best thing I ever did, though, because I met so many people in this Uber mm-hmm. and I learned the city hella fast. Like, yeah, I now I get around so easily and people just be like, well, how long does it you to get around? Or like, how do you know? And I'm like, Uber. You're right. Uber taught Uber, me. Like, Uber everywhere. taught me. Yeah, so I ended up meeting a guy in the Uber who ended up getting me a job. I remember this. And I, I think it wasn't this. It was like, it, I remember yes. this guy. And like, we were hanging up. Oh, it was during CIAA. If y'all don't, aren't familiar with CIAA, it's kind of like um, a basketball tournament, but it's all the like HBCUs. It's a lot of fun. It's in Charlotte every year. It's actually going to be in Baltimore, I think, next year. Okay, let me mark and, it down. Come on. Yeah, and he was like hosting something. So I was like, oh, bet. Like me and my friends will come through if you got tickets. Cool. And so like we exchanged numbers. I think I never ended up actually going because I'm antisocial. And I was like, that's just too many people. I'm not doing this. I'm going to drive this Uber. <laughs> Make this Uber <laughs> um, money real quick. But because I had his number, like he texted me a couple times and then he was like, oh, what are you doing these days? Like, are you still doing Uber? And I was like, yo, I need a real job. Like, I need, I need to grow Help up. Me. And he was like, oh, my cousin is a manager over here at this call center. And the call center is also super big in Charlotte. There, it's like a Google center. There's mm-hmm. a bowling alley in it. They got a movie theater. They got like ping pong. They, oh, they, they shoot you with like nerf guns. Like, like, it's a real cool environment to work in as far mm-hmm. as that. The job itself sucked. Right, yeah. So, like, I ended up getting the job and like, I stayed there for a few months or whatever. But I was like, dang, all that just because of Uber. And then what's funny is the guy who was my trainer ended up getting me another job later. Yeah. So I was like super connected in like this really weird Everything way. Everything is so divine, right? When you don't when you look back at it, it all like starts to make so much more sense. Yeah. And you stayed, okay, so you said you stayed so where yeah. you are now during that time. Yeah, so, so I think I, I had switched jobs though while I was there. He was moving. Yeah, like I had you corporate growth at that time. I had like, I was like, I'm not about to be on this damn phone all the time. Or if I am, like, I'm not going to be moving money all the time. Right. So I went from uh, money movement and then I went to um, like a techno. I, I went to actually the team I work for now. So mm. it's um, basically helping advisors navigate their online t- software tools to run their practice. So whether that's their performance reporting, their websites, their whatever, pretty much anything they need that they have to click on their computer to run their system. I teach them how to use those things. So if they're like, Hey, I need really need to learn how to use this, or I need to do this. Can you tell me how to do it? We walk through, do all that. And then I was like, but I'm really not going to be on this phone though. Like I have other goals. And so at that time, my goal was to be in HR. And so I became a recruiter. 
So I recruited them for the positions that I worked in. And so it was like this cool, full circle moment, except for I had just an irresponsible leader who was irresponsible in so many ways that um, just unprofessional. Um, okay. And so I was like, no, nah, I had contacted our HR department, like, this is not working, went to the, her leadership and was like, this is not going to work. Um, and upon doing that, nobody took action. So Girl, I was that's like, such a hard thing. like, that's like literally what's happening in with, with us right now. It's yeah. like, who you call the police on? Yeah. The police. Who you call, right. And I, I love, I actually, what I did, I loved what I did. Like I actually, there were parts of the role that I was like, you know, I'm mad that I'm getting connected to candidates at this point because some, some people like, I know you can do this job. You just don't know how to sell yourself. So I think that was a frustrating part, but it's also like, linking people that would have been making a lot less or were making a lot less to have benefits and PTO for the first time in their life. It's just like, I did enjoy being able to connect people, their gifts and talents to help people translate them into a, a career step for them. Absolutely. So that part I enjoyed. And then because of that, like people not getting it together with the leadership issue, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to work in a hostile environment. So I dipped out. And I wasn't planning to, but I was like, you know, I've always felt like entrepreneurship was a thing for me. And at that time I was like, okay, I'm going to do personal styling and do all these, you know, whatever, what have you. Um, Looking back, it's like, I wasn't intentional in stepping into it. It was like me like stepping away and exploring something, which I don't regret at all. Um, Even with the financial hit that 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 caused me, like, I still think that it, it, it made me realize what when I step into entrepreneurship full-time again, what that's going to look like and what I require of myself prior to making that step. Yeah. So that um, that's when I started the solar system. And so I led workshops. Um, I had a podcast called Ghetto and Godly at the time. So um, I was doing some little, little modeling here, here and there for little, the creative projects. So it was probably, um, probably one of the most challenging, but the most, um, the deepened point of growth for me. Um, I think I absolutely look back on it. It was about almost exactly a year um, that I didn't work in a corporate space, but I did because um, I needed to make some money and I wasn't figuring out quickly enough how to make some money to pay rent. Uh, and I, at that time, I did not want to move back home. So I started working for this furniture store called Living Spaces. Y'all, this was the first time I ever had to wear a uniform. <laughs> Except for Best Buy. Best Buy, I think I had to wear a uniform. Yeah, yeah. But it was also like, I've made money and I'm here. Like how yeah. that was probably one of the most humbling times. Um, but again, it was, I understood when I was there, why I was there. There were some people I was definitely supposed to connect with, even if not all for my benefit. I think it was absolutely an exchange in terms of seeing that reflect, those reflected spaces. Um, be like, oh, wow, like I'm here to share some things. I had people quitting, like, this ain't for you. Go about this it. Right, this is right. not it. And that's okay. So like you have to go after the things you want. So I remember just kind of also feeling like I'm in here shaking shit up. <laughs> Telling people, go about your business. Right, go ahead. This ain't for you, sis. Go ahead. Yes. That's funny. You know, around that same time, I think we both had one of those moments. So I ended up leaving that call center and decided to start event planning. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I actually threw a couple of dope events. I remember one party in particular. Like for this older couple, they were celebrating their birthdays together. Like their 50th birthdays together. And um, it was a casino party. And I was like, it was something like casino tables and like did like a whole like 20s theme and like had all like the big feathers on the table. And like I I I did that. But what I didn't do is make any money. Yeah. 
Because there's a part of like, like I didn't understand. Yeah, you just don't much, get it. <laughs> like I just I didn't know what I was doing. I did not charge them enough. Like mm-hmm. I yes, they wrote me a check, but it was not for enough. Right. And I think I also didn't fully as much even though I had seen money in all these other places, I didn't fully understand like what you were saying of like people will pay for what they need. Yeah. It's so, like had I just Ooh. charged them more, I mean, like they would have just paid for it. But I was too scared. Yeah. It's the lack of confidence. what I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also we're used to being around who we're around, right? Or right. how we and think so of our relationship. Gonna... We're reflecting our relationship with money. And mm-hmm. we're not when that is the space to work on our, our relationship with money and surround ourselves or seek resources from those who have a different relationship with money. And yeah. not just make money. Like I think that was a distinction for me of it's like it's not about who makes the most money, it's who has the healthiest relationship with mm-hmm. money in terms of their own value, the value that the how they place value on things and how they kind of align value with their dollars. I think that, that I learned that through the, the series of jobs we've gone through so far. <laughs> oh, me too. I forgot I missed one missed one when I was in Boston. Uh me and my friend, we ended up getting scouted and that was the first time I ever got paid for doing like modeling work. Mm. So we got we got scouted to be on like this sitcom. And I remember he paid us $250. Listen, <laughs> put it in the bank, okay? Put it in the bank. I was like, no money now. But at the no, time, but at the like, time hey, it was a little change. He was um one of the producers of a friend. I think I want to say his name was like Kevin Bright. Mm. I remember it. I had I for, I don't know why I forgot this, but that was such a big deal for us because we got found in uh Forever 21. And this girl was like, oh, we're having a sitcom and we need models for the sitcom. Plus size models, y'all be perfect. And so like we went to set every day and we'd be over there at craft services, having a great time, kicking all the actors. Like that was a good time. I don't know. I just had to go back. I I forgot about that. No, you can't. The little odd job. I got a a little check, a little check. You said a little check. Okay. So then that brings us to what? Like that's got to be like. Um, a couple years ago? Yeah, 20... I think I'm up to like 26. Oh, that was what I was going to say. So I... um, So when I was working, before I left, this was such a weird thing. So it was before I left recruiting, there was a moment where I was like, I knew I was about to leave. Mm. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do next. I don't know if I want to continue to recruit. Like, I don't know if I want to be in a corporate space. So I think I was just trying to pick up like a part-time job. And so I had went back and applied to work at the the Longcomb counter. Mm. And when I was there, I was in my interview. I will never forget this day. I was in my interview and um, the lady was kind of asking me about my previous experience of like working with the counter before. And I was telling her like, yeah, you know, I really had a good time when I was there. Like I learned a lot uh, specifically because of my manager, Glenda. And when I said her name, she just looked at me and I was mm. like, um, I was like, yeah, like, have does she still work at the counter? Like, I haven't heard from, like, I've texted her a couple times. I haven't heard from her. And you were like, I, you know, I sent my WW message out. So, mm-hmm. like, I would hear from her every now and then. I hadn't heard from her in, like, a few months. And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And she was like, she passed, like, she's no longer alive. Mm. And I was like, excuse me? So the man that she was dating at the time when I worked at the counter, they were engaged to be married. And it was like the day before they were supposed to get married, he murdered her. What? 
Yes. And I'm literally finding all of this out in this interview. And I'm like, I just couldn't, like, I had nothing. And when I tell you this woman has such a, a beautiful energy that, like, just was so inspiring. And so when I think about, like, being placed in the in the jobs and the things and, like, connecting with the people, like, none of this is on accident. When I look back at the mm. jobs I had and the leadership I've had, like, all of those things were on purpose. And so they all inspire me in different ways of, like, wow, I'm sitting here now and a lot of the you know the the confidence i had to go and do these other things to apply to work at like she she cheered me on to do these things and so i think mm. you know i remember at that moment um being like i need to find a a better way to get back connected and doing the work with black women like that was another moment for me of like i don't know if i have to do it on the side for a while but like i know somehow i got to i got to get back to that yeah Absolutely, because, whoa, like, whoa. <clears throat> I actually do remember you sharing that with me, and that was, like, a lot at that time. And just, I, I think it's such a, like, an amazing thing to think about, of, like, not only the jobs you've had, but the people you've met, the lives you've mm-hmm. touched, and the lives that have touched you all along this process. Like, none of it, none of it is an accident. At all. So, I'm just really grateful um, when I think back to the different spaces I was in. Um, especially she, her, like she stands out as one of the leaders that I was like, I always told her like, why are you like, why are you here? Like you need to be doing something else. Cause she right, just, something and I remember else. she, um, she had gone back to school, her and her daughter were in college together. Like it was this whole thing. So wow. I think when we have these conversations about, you know, the jobs that weren't this or weren't that, like they're truly what make us and not just the, the duties of it, but the experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, That actually kind of brings me up to, I think we're up to speed as far as when I have my my manager that was also Glenda, Mm. who was amazing. So I did, after um, event planning, I actually went back to selling cars again. That didn't work. So I got a phone call from my coach at the call center and was like, hey, Key. He actually called me Key Butter because we had like team names. And that was... I, that was my team name. Hey, Key Butter. Um, I'm over here now. And we making a lot of money. It's Monday through Friday. It's 9 to 5. Like, I can get you a job interview if you want to come over. And mm. I was like, yep, I'm coming. I'm coming. Putting the pieces so together, applied, the coin together is different than getting a little paper. <laughs> right. And so I applied. I got the job. And I had um, someone that was supposed to be my leader. But what happened was when I lived in Boston, I missed jury duty. Mm. And so when they're doing the background check, I'm thinking everything's about to come back crystal clear and I can start. And because I missed jury duty, my background check, first off, takes forever because Boston took forever. Boston doesn't have electronics. Yeah, I learned that from my recruiting. Yeah, it's it's a mess. (laughs) And then they come back and was like, oh, no, she missed jury duty. So I think I actually had like a warrant. Isn't that and a terrible way to find out? Like, I'm trying to get a job. Like, y'all. I had no idea. And I've had all these other jobs since then. They were just four years later, five years later. And so um, I ended up getting that cleared up, but it took about two months for me to clear everything up. And they still took me on. But the thing is, when they took me on, the, the original position that I was going for was full on that team. And so I got placed on Glenda's team. Mm, I remember. I, and, I remember this lady. She was everything, like, the best 
boss I've ever had. Like she led our team. Our team was number one in everything. It was just because of her leadership. Like I, I really appreciated her. I appreciate everything about her and I would have stayed, but then that's how I I ended up getting signed to my agency. Mm. And she, her and I were still trying to figure out how to make it work. And like, you know, I used all my PTO and I was trying to do both, but like even her, she was like, but you could always come back. Like, you could always come back to this. So go do right. that. Like, go chase your dream. Like, you're still young. If you, if this is an opportunity that you have, like, go and do it. Go do it. Mm. And God bless the Glendas because they be out here really sp- sparkling it on us. Go get what you need to go get. Okay. And that, that still resonates. We just got to listen all the way <laughs> and yeah, figure exactly. it out a little bit more. Exactly. So I think that's pretty much up to speed for me. I've been modeling, working at the little, you know, not, not say no. little, but this is one job that I do. I do really enjoy it. As far as what I do, I enjoy it. Now the politics of it, we'll get into that. I don't enjoy, but like the people I've met mm. and what I do, I really love. So where are yeah, you at? So I'm back doing the job where I help advisors navigate their technology. Um, and it's not what I want to do. It's it's not it's not an environment I necessarily I, I want to work in, especially at this point. I think, um, especially over the last couple of months, I've just really been in a space of um, feeling like God is like, come on, get ready. Uh-huh. Don't like don't sit here like this. Um, don't feel like right. this is this is what we have. Um, and so I think all all the while I've always been doing, you know, whether I'm st- I still have a few clients that I shop for, um, I still put workshop facilitations together. Um, and I'm just, uh, I think what I've been doing most is just creating a strategy um, to mm. be able to, to transition again, because this, I remember in a podcast, one uh, of my, my, my old podcast, there was an episode where I was like, you know, this is going to be the last company I work for. And what was crazy about that is like, I remember having a conversation about you about taking the job to come back to work for here. And like, mm-hmm. I was, y'all, I was not, I was, was not, not trying to do it. Like, Cause ego, but it was like because I've been there. I know it's also, but it was I ego, know it's also, the but role, it was also, it, yeah. A lot of it was like, it. A lot of it was like I, I'm not supposed to have to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it also was is like I know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, um, exactly. In the long term, and so I think you helped me realize like, okay, maybe that 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 can still be true, but um, you know, it's it's because of this job I was able to move to Baltimore so easy. Um, and that made it a very easy process to, to navigate. And so uh, for me, I think it's just been a space of like balancing like, all right, we got you here and you don't, you're not obligated to stay. And I think that's a part that when I worked with in this corporation first, it was like, I was trying to move up the corporate ladder and I was, and, she was and I was doing quick. stuff and like I had goals to be in here. And so I think for me, it was hard to reconcile. Like I don't have those same goals anymore. So why am I here? Mm. Um, and so learning to be grateful um, for those opportunities to launch me and use those opportunities to help, you know, catapult me into where I'm supposed to go next. So I used to, uh, the company, now I say it's the company and then university. I started saying that when I, like, before I left the first time, I was like, this is a different university for me. Like, I'm getting, mm-hmm. I'm taking courses. I'm leaving this mug with a degree in, in how okay. to run a business. That's what I'm going to be doing. Amen. So um, I think I've been presented, but I honestly, I'm going to speak this out. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be out soon. 
before fall, I'm going to be out. So <laughs> I'm just going to claim Say it. That. And I'm going to be grateful in the process and, you know, finishing up, like, moving moving, moving around to, to things that are more fulfilling. And also, like, where my calling is, is, like, this exercises those, those talents and gifts, but, like, I need to now cultivate the environment that is where I'm supposed to be growing. Exactly. And I think that's been my biggest thing. You know, a, a brand reached out to me today and I had to share this story because mm-hmm. I'm no longer doing things that just don't serve. Like I'm no, not doing know. favors. I'm not doing things that don't mm-hmm. serve me. Like it's a very clear no. And they reached out to me and they were like, yo, we want to collab. So I read the email. Now they found the email that off of my Instagram and bothered to email me and not DM me. Like they specifically typed email. up an email. We're going to be professional. Specifically to mm-hmm. me asking me to collab with them to promote their products but y'all they not offering no payment Mm -hmm. and the best part was usually usually it still be like you know we'll we'll send you the product for free but then like can you review it or whatever girl they they said we're gonna give you a 50 percent discount huh you understand the email i said because i still email them back because i you know i'm not one to just be quiet i don't i don't know how to do that well and so i was like and i just was asking them questions to make them like so you want me to promote your product for free? Pretty much. And you want me to but pay for the product? Free. Like I'm paying like, you to promote to your clear. product. Like just to be clear, this is what you're asking me to do, right? Like you you formulated this email on purpose. Yeah. And I said, don't send this to another black person. <laughs> right? Like we specifically don't send this to I don't care what the rest of y'all do. But um Because it goes back we to not working for free for y'all. Ever I think again. that's what I learned, especially in my space of entrepreneurship. The first go around was that. If you don't value you, if you don't set your own value, people will throw anything at you and you will be working and you will be contributing without being compensated, let alone we're not even doing as women, especially black women, we're not doing enough negotiation of salaries in the corporate space, let alone when you I was watching something Carmion. She has, she owns Newbie Interiors. And if you're not following her, I would definitely, if you're interested in interior design, plant life, and just some good advice that can be applied across spaces. It's, I was, she was had a live earlier today that I was in and um, she was essentially talking about how she sets her prices for her, like her hourly rate or the different things. And I remember she said like, I didn't leave a job to get paid less hourly so that I'm not going to get paid less than the hourly rate that I was making over here. But she was also talking about calculating the cost. Like how much, if if you're doing something that leans on your expertise, how much are your student loans each month? Calculate all of that. Calculate the gas it takes you from here to there. Calculate the tools, whether you have your website hosting fees, add that all up and divide it by 12 and that's your monthly cost. Then you need to look at, okay, what are the fees that can fit within this and how many clients do I need to fulfill this? But like set that price based off of what you are extending and what your expenses are and your expertise. So that, that reminded me of that. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. Don't we not just because you're uh, and she talked about mm-hmm. like you have to think of it as like what are you what value are you adding? Which I think is important because in the beginning, yeah, yes, there, yeah, if you don't have that expertise, yeah, in, in the beginning you have you're trying to figure out what is that value. So yeah, you don't have to charge initially with certain things when you don't when you are mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that value is. That also doesn't mean that you allow somebody else to use you. That's when you could still control that of saying like, okay, I want to do interior design. I'm a key. Is there a bathroom I can do? You know, is there a certain something I can do? Because then it's still like with people, you know, but like you don't have that's to. That's extending yourself exactly. by choice. That's not selling yourself short. But I short. think that's where we're not making the distinction. Of we like, have to it's make okay the to distinction. Still, yeah. 
it's okay to still learn and gain and own in on your expertise, but do that within realms in which you are comfortable with. Exactly. And that benefit exactly, people you love, like, or you like right. to be doing what, like, if you're going to do it, make it right. Because literally after, because literally after that conversation with that brand, one of my friends reached out and she was like, yo, you know, I, I'd love to basically hire you for this promo. And like in the back of my head, like a girl hire who do what? Like we, we going to do this promo right. for this, for your company. That's what we finna do. But you can buy me tacos. Right. Like, <laughs> but I think that's the thing of like, there are certain things like yes i will do it for free like for friends or like for things if it's helping a friend build and i, I can still use it for my portfolio like change though and i think that's what we have to and think it's not about mm-hmm. yeah it's not my service being abused exactly like. exactly so speaking mm. of abuse like how do you know when mm. that's even happening how do you know when you're being taken advantage of not being compensated for your time. I think, you know, that can look like your workload increasing mm-hmm. and a raise not coming. Yeah. Or even I think outside of a raise too of like, is there a programming? Are you, are, is your company going to pay for a certification? Cause even talking mm-hmm. about in the corporate sphere, sometimes the way that dollars move in certain corporations aren't going to be dollars coming to you, but what is the investment in you is what I would say to challenge you to think of. It's like, if you're going to be gaining, you know, what is the expertise that you're gaining and this additional work that you're doing? How is, what is going to be the exchange? And I think that especially as black women in corporate spaces, we need to think of the exchange more of like, okay, if my salary can't go up, think of ways that my salary can go up if I decide to go somewhere else. So is this the certification that you'll cover? So even if I, even if, you know, my company's giving me pushback and I would still say negotiate, but even if Mm. that negotiation isn't there, when you walk out of here, are you going to have some other skills than when you walked in? And that's the negotiation platform. If if your company is is not open or not structured to move the dollar in that way, then move, move your certifications in that way. Say that. Or so training, that, there, something that you can put on your resume. Something to go on your resume. That's real. Is there anything else that you would say, like, would be taking advantage of you in a corporate setting or even entrepreneurship? I setting? think also, like, over time, I think that that's something that is important to kind of navigate. Of Like, if you're asked to stay late or work on your day off or, like, really set boundaries and go back to your state laws. Because yeah. I know sometimes it's uncomfortable, but you could have a lawsuit on your hand if somebody's having you do work that you're not being paid for, depending on if your hourly salary, however that works. And again, okay. if you are, if they're asking you to do this, you absolutely negotiate. Okay, well, I will need an exchange of that. Um, right, because I understand they need yeah, an exchange of that. I know our season is going to be slowing down at this time, and make sure you get stuff in writing. I would like these are the extra hours that I've been working. I would like to be able to take these days off outside of the PTO that's already approved. I like that. I like that. I would say another thing for me in previous roles has been me having to pick up the slack for other people. Either they're there and just not doing their Mm -hmm. job or someone's always sick, always Mm -hmm. out. But now I got to be two people and no one recognizing that. I think that was really frustrating for me in roles in the past. Yeah, I think that I think that is those are really good points of. And also just listening to your intuition. I think that's another one. Yeah. Of like sometimes we know a situation ain't right, but we can't put our nose on it. But just like make space 
to listen to that journal about it, then go back and read it. Um, even if it's something that the language that people are using around you, it may not even be that they're taking your money, but maybe they're, they're, there's a disrespectful work environment or there's a hostile work environment. Make sure that you're looking up your company resources. Most companies that are established or corporations are going to have an intranet in which there should be a, a resources in which you can look up. Um, and if they don't, you can go to your employee resource group or your HR department and ask for those resources if you're not able to ask your leadership directly. So I know you mentioned that that's great advice, Sola. Um, I was just gonna say, I know you mentioned you ready to be about out. I'm having a, a little bit of a moment myself, um, just with some things in my position. And I would say, what would you say to anyone that else is going through that? Like, what are kind of your next steps that you're going to take so that you're not putting yourself in a situation that you know, it would hinder you more to not right. be. Because, you know, we like at the end of the day, we got to pay right, our bills. Right. For me, I think um, one of the first things to ask is, are you running from, from something or are you um, moving towards something? And I think mm. that that's helped me be able to kind of begin the strategy, right? Because if you're running from something, then I think that there's further sitting you need to explore, that there's something further you need to explore. Because one, you need yeah. to be, if you are running from something and that is what you decide to leave with, you need to figure out exactly what that is. Because if you aren't, if you're, even if you're moving into entrepreneurship or otherwise, like the interview process is both ways. And I always remind people of this. And so yes. when you're interviewing, you need to be interviewing that company, that culture, that leadership, that their previous practices, their retention rates. You need to ask all of those types of questions because if you're not clear about why you're leaving somewhere, you're going to run right back to it. Because yes, they may have more perks and yes, they may, you know, the, the person you talk to might be great, but you still have to think about the, the culture of the, because most of the time we're leaving places because of leadership and culture. Yep. So if you don't, if you just say, I had a bad boss, like what about that? What about, what about that behavior? What were, write a list of the behaviors that they display, then go, you know, there's Google, Google everything. <laughs> we'll talk about personalities in just a moment, but it's also good to identify yourself of like, what is it, you are. who am I, and why is it an issue when I interact with that type of personality or I interact with that type of environment? What is it that right. I need in an environment to thrive, not survive, not make, come in every day to thrive because that's what it's about. If you're going to be somewhere 40 plus hours a week, you need that needs to be a, an environment in which you are able to thrive, even if you chose to, even if you choose to coast. Okay. And and know that about yourself. That was one of the things I think why I enjoyed, you know, when I was talking about Glenda is you told, first off, you told, you were the one that explained that to me, like, no, you need to ask them all the questions. And so like, I made sure I did that. But then even when I first met her, since I was, she wasn't the person that interviewed me is I remember her asking me like, what's the style of leadership that you need? Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like, I work well by myself. Like, I don't, I don't need to be micromanaged. Mm -hmm. I'm someone that can manage my own time, manage my own you know, businesses with sales jobs. So it's like, I, I got me under yeah. control and she let me mm -hmm. run and I thrive. But I think if she would have been, oh, did you make your calls yeah. today? Did you do this? Or how's it? Like, I would have just been so annoyed. Like, if you don't get show. Exactly. And I, one interview question that I always will ask is, you know, what is something that you love? What is it that you enjoy most about the role, about the company? And then I always ask, what is most challenging about working here? What is the, what is the, mm. the challenge that you face? And listen to what they say to you and watch yeah. their body language if possible. 
because a lot of times people aren't ready to talk about the negative things or the opportunities they have to grow. And by what they're telling you that, again, you have your list of the things that you can't operate well in. So listen to what they're saying. Because they're also replacing, they also need to fill that role for a reason. Exactly. Somebody left. Exactly. Why did that person mm-hmm. leave? But yeah, those are all great things. Sola, I know this is getting long. So what are we talking about in Sola in the City today? No, I think this flows naturally. We're just talking about knowing yourself. And so I think th- that's a part of why I love Sola in the City is because it's, it's rooted in identity. It's rooted in your self-importance. It's rooted in finding that balance. So for this week, uh, uh, the test that, because we've been on some quizzes and doing some Who? stuff, but this week's <laughs> quiz is the 16 personalities quiz. So this is basically like the free version of the Meyer Briggs uh, type indicator, the MBTI, if you've ever taken that. Uh, I have, it's a really cool test, but if you, I mean, it requires some dollars. And I think also the 16 personalities has evolved a little bit more, um, but it is a free assessment that you can type in 16 personalities and it'll take you to a free personality type. So Key and I, of course, took ours, and we're hey, gonna. Hey, hey. I'm gonna review a little bit about the two specific, um, you know, categories or types and personality types in which we cat- we fell into. Um, which I thought it was one thing that was really interesting is that there are different. Uh, there are four main like types, and then there are like the the people within those types, and that mm-hmm. makes sense in just a moment. But one of them is uh, analyst. Uh, the other is Sentinels and the Explorers, as well as the last one, which we both categorize in, are the Diplomats. And so the key, you, uh, your results were an INFP. And so actually to rewind a little bit, I'm going to tell you that the basis. So the first basis in which they're measuring on is extroversion versus introversion. The second basis. So the I. The, yep. I'm the E and the I. Uh, the sensing. The second one is sensing or intuitive. So that's the S or the N. The third is feeling or thinking, F or T. And the last is judging or perceiving, J or P. Mm. So key is an INFP and I am an ENFP. So we are the, the only Ooh. thing that's different is is it's our introversion versus introvert extroversion. versus extrovert. So key is the personality type of the mediator and I'm the personality type of the campaigner. So I'm just going to give some brief overviews of some, you know, of details about each of them. So the mediator, some strengths are they're idealistic, seek value and harmony. They're open-minded and flexible. They're very creative, passionate and energetic, dedicated and hardworking. Weaknesses, and y'all don't even know, I don't even like to use the word weakness, but I'll use it here, (laughs) are too idealistic, too altruistic, impractical, dislike dealing with data, takes things personally, and difficult to get to know. So specifically, this report gives you areas of like romance, friendship, and of course, the workplace. So in realms of work, uh, I just chose a couple of pieces I thought were really really good to highlight. So the first is um, they're more challenging it's more challenging for mediators to find satisfying career than any other type. Mediators often wish that they could just be doing doing what they love without the stress or rigor of professional life. The second thing here is mediators do not thrive in high stress, team heavy, busy environments. Third aspect is to mediators, if it isn't worth doing, it isn't worth doing. And in this sense Period. of moral purpose in their work colors, everything from how they respond to authority to how they express it. And the last thing I wanted to highlight was that they value harmony, need emotional and moral connection to their work and loathe bureaucratic tedium. Mm. So 
before we get to my campaigner, I did want to ask you a couple questions. So what do you agree with most about your profile? Because you read your whole profile thing and we're not diving that deep today. We're going to cover another section next week, but, uh, or in the future episodes, but what did you, what, Mm -hmm. especially from this work in the work realm, what did you agree with most? Mm -hmm. Girl, that whole thing, all of it. I think I think for specifically the moral like compass part of it, because I think that's what I'm struggling with right mm-hmm. now is like it don't sit right on my like morality. Like I don't feel good mm-hmm. about dealing with y'all. Yeah, that's real. So I will hinder myself and leave because I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm working on that because I don't think that's always the right, right answer. Right. But I do think that. Valuable, yeah, but honestly, all of it, all of it. So, anything you read, this thing read me anything in your profile. Like, was there anything that missed the mark that was like, "Mm, I don't know about that, even not just in the work room, but like anything in the assessment results? Nah, yeah, I'm telling you, do it. The thing will read your life. Like, no, I honestly, there wasn't anything. I was like, yep, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. So, how have you seen? I I think you talked a little about 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 this right now, but like, are there any other ways that you've seen your personality type show up or show out in your work previously? Like thinking back to your timeline, has that like how has that played a role? You being a mediator, how has that played a role? Yeah, I struggle with leadership who does not have trust and faith in Mm. me. Like I, it, like it says, I do not thrive in high stress, team heavy, busy environments. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> like, don't be over here stressing me out. I'm not trying to work as a group. Like, I remember the first time, um, like one of the first days when I was at the first call center job, one of the girls was trying to like organize a get together. And she was like, yeah, let's all go hang out, do all this stuff. Da, da, da. And I was like, I see y'all every day. Like, I'm not going to hang out with you. And I said I literally said this to her. We're still, we're cool actually to this day. But she was like, I thought you were so mean because you literally told us you're not going to hang out with us outside of work. And I said, no, I don't want to hang out with y'all here. I don't want to see y'all. Yeah, I don't. And so leave me alone. And I think that's why I love modeling so much is because really the world revolves around mm-hmm. me. Like <laughs> y'all got to make sure I look pretty. I got to make sure the clothes look pretty. But honestly, like I don't have to do anything. I just show up. I look pretty. Mm. And then I go home. Like, yeah, like I said, like it's great. Just, just, no one's no professional bothering life me. That you have to manage. I don't have to manage any of that. No one's going to bother me. Like as long as I do my job and I do it well, we good. Right. We good. So, yeah, I think that's where okay, I'm at. Okay. So I'm going to jump into the campaigner. So that's that's me. Ooh, yeah, this is, this is really hey. okay. So the strengths are curious, observant, energetic, and enthusiastic. Excellent communicators, know how to relax, very popular and friendly. The weaknesses are poor practical skills, find it difficult to focus, overthink things, get stressed easily, highly emotional, independent to a fault. And in terms, in realms of work, campaigners are fascinated by new ideas, both in terms of development in fields they are already familiar with and when new subjects come along. If there's a challenge campaigners face face when selecting a career, it isn't that they lack talent or options or drive. It's that there are so many cool things out there. Campaigners are able to apply logic to human interaction and networks using their exceptional social perception and gift in matching communication styles to their audience. Campaigners do not shine in systems of strict regimentation and hierarchy, such as military service. They thrive on the ability to challenge the status quo. Mm. 
So I want to ask you the same thing. What do you agree with most about your profile? I think just like the idea, I think it's something I struggle with a lot of just like thinking that so many dope things are cool and really also having the talents and gifts to support those things. So for me, it's like choosing what I want to do like or what's next is always like, oh, how am I supposed to know? Mm. Um, the one part that I did not agree with though is like I'm not an easily stressed person. Mm. I'm just not. I think everything else is on point, but yeah, everything yeah, else is everything else is absolutely on point. But I, I just or maybe I am easily stressed. I just I I just don't feel I don't feel stressed often. And even when I feel mm. like pressure, like it makes me do better. So I, I'm just one of those people that's like it's not I don't get like when the pressure's on. That's like that's when I shine, right? This is so. It. I think that was the one aspect. I was like, mm, I don't know too much about that. Even overthinking, <laughs> like I think, I think when I was younger, I definitely used to overthink. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I'm not um, a, but I'm, yeah, I'm not a overthinker now. I don't think you. Are. Yeah, I but I think, and maybe I was stressed when I was young. I still don't. I just don't ever feel like stress is something that I just like comes easy to me like it takes a lot for me to be stressed the hell out Mm, that's good that's good is there anything that you know shows up currently in your workplace or previously like an example that you have I think this is something I know about me and I try to position this and this is a part of me creating a strategy before I leave is like I'm great with new things like that that interests Mm. me a lot I'm not great with finishing things. I don't, I don't, that's not something that I find joy in or my strengths to shine in most because it goes back to like, I like practical skills. Like I want to be practical. I think we're the same. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to be practical. Yeah. Like that's not. Mm. So for me, it's like a part of a deep part of this strategy that I'm setting for entrepreneurship is to create something that always feels new. And so, Ooh. and th- that's when I know I can make that leap is when I can figure out a way to approach this, which things are always new. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't have certain tasks that I have to handle. Um, and it also means that I build a team that is good at finishing things. Hey, so okay. I think that's a part of the strategy for me of knowing that that's always been like, I've been a part of so many pilot programs. People tap with me to try new things all the time and I'm always great because then I can just be done. Um, so, okay. uh, Y'all go ahead. I created this thing to thrive. Exactly. So and I can set a framework tools. like no other. Go ahead. Do I want to always be the person executing? No. And I think it took me a while mm. to figure out like, but that person has a role too. Like that doesn't mean you have to become a person that finishes things. Like there's space for right. you. There's space for initiators. There's space for campaigners. Mm. Like though that is an actual space. So instead of continuing to align yourself with positions that aren't aligned with that or don't lend to those environments or have these hierarchies that you just don't even believe in, create the new or find those spaces that really get to polish and use your skill set. So based on your profile, how do you envision your career path looking in the future? Like, Oh, I definitely know I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. Even like this thing tells tells me that. Like, I I don't, (laughs) I don't, I think how I've had to look at what that is of like, do I want to offer a product, a service, an experience? I think that's what I'm mulling through. And I think I'm leaning absolutely towards the experience. Um, Because to me, it's like, and Black women are centered in that, like, that that's mm-hmm. where I am. I am is like creating experiences for Black women consistently, safe spaces for play and joy. Um, so that's that's I know that I know that that's my purpose, and I think I'm just starting to really be- 
fully believe and see how that can come together. Mm. You know, it was crazy about my mind said that I need to do some sort of storytelling mm. that whether that's, you know, writing a story or even being like a journalist on the news or something of that nature. And I just had to laugh because I was like, so I've started a lot of other projects that I didn't mention because I don't, I, they never came to fruition. <laughs> look at us here. Okay. Celebration. Right. But that's, but that's the thing, right? right? This is, I told you that when we started there, I said, this is, this is the place I feel the most comfortable. And this is prior to doing this personality test. Like, this is the thing that I feel the most comfortable in doing. And it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, how it evolves, I don't fully know. But I was like, that's crazy. That makes so much sense. That's why all the other things was like not working because it wasn't what I wanted to do. Because what would happen is once it started getting hard and like, you know, I make the video and I had to edit it, it's like. I don't want to do the editing right. part. So I'm just not going to post it. So it's not like, gonna, and look at you. You be editing our stuff. I'll be editing the mess out the same. Okay. I think, you know, that brings me to a point of where uh, I was watching. I was on, I was on a few people's lives. You know, just got to place you where you need to be. Um, and okay. Sarah Jakes Roberts, first of all, she speaks mm. straight to the soul half the time. Yeah. Um, like but her. she had said something today. She was talking about her women's conference that she's preparing for at the end of the July. So check that out because it sounds like it's gonna be a really dope virtual experience based off of like mm. not pain, not all that, but where like where is God God cultivating you to be? Um, but what was so dope of what she said, and I kind of combined a little bit of the different things she said, but essentially like we have to prepare to give our seed an intentional environment to become. And I thought that that was really powerful because it goes back to like the idea of when you plant something, you don't just go plant it, right? Like that planting the seed is not actually the first step. You cultivate whatever space that you're you're going to be growing the plant. So whether you get in the right soil, you set up your backyard, however, you get the pot, whatever it is, you have to cultivate the intentionally cultivate the appropriate environment. environment. And I think that is a testament to kind of where we journey through in this this you know this episode of like. We have learned these things and had these experiences, and we are now in the space of cultivating those environments for us to plant the seed to grow. And even yeah. though, like, I think people think, like, oh, well, you about to be 30 and da da da. No, 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 because you were supposed to get that experience because you could have thought that you, I could have thought, I could have still been thinking I was supposed to be in California, missing out on all this love Baltimore is showing me. Right. Okay. But li- literally physically, a physical manifestation of you moving to Charlotte, me moving to Baltimore to cultivate the soil in which we are to plant our seeds and get that environment. So that we can fully in the grow to our environment full benefit. Because otherwise, like if we're not in the right environment, the conditions are not right to contribute to our growth. Right. So if mm-hmm. I'm in Minnesota, it's some plants that can't grow. And I'm a plant that can't grow in Minnesota. And also there's certain things that can't grow next to other exactly. things. Or grow better. In certain environment. In certain certain climate. So I think that to me, like that wraps it up. But a part of that is like, we're working on the seed of like, I know I'm a campaigner. You know, you're a mediator. But we, so Mm -hmm. understanding these things and learning from the experiences, we have been intentional about the environments and, and cultivating and preparing those environments for us to plant whatever it is that we are to manifest. And I just thought that was a really, really dope perspective. Okay, I fully agree. That was another episode, y'all. Yes, it was. (laughs) Hey, thank you for tuning in to this week's Fake Ass Jobs episode of the Fake Friends Podcast with Kiara Rose. And Sola T, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fake Friends Podcast. 
If you love this episode of the Fake Friends Podcast, head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We appreciate you growing with us. Don't forget to join us next week's episode for Fake Ass Exes. Until next time. Yikes. Bye. Bye.